Hey, Coyotes fans, and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morin, coming to you on this Wednesday, February 26th, 2020, just one day after the Coyotes uh, dropping a 2-1 decision to the Florida Panthers uh, on Tuesday at Gila River Arena. The Coyotes, their playoff hopes are looking grim once again. I think hopes were were up after a 7-3 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, on Saturday, but it really seems like the Coyotes are right back to where they were currently sitting fourth in the Western Conference wildcard standings. Of course, only the top two teams make it. Uh, currently, it's Calgary up there, 64 games played and 72 points. Nashville in second place, 62 games played and 70 points. Winnipeg, 65 games, 70 points. And Arizona in NHL high, 66 games played and 70 points. So essentially what that means is the Coyotes are pretty much going to have to win uh almost all of their games not every game i mean ideally yeah but they're really gonna have to win a, a vast majority of their games moving forward if they have a chance uh in this thing uh, and if you're thinking the pacific is going to be easier which i think i did maybe a few weeks ago not so much vegas in first place 64 games 76 points vancouver just 62 games and 74 points um Edmonton, 63 games and 74 points as well. So the Coyotes, four points off of that pace, uh, especially when it comes to Vancouver and Edmonton. Four points behind Vancouver. Vancouver has four games in hand. Edmonton, three games in hand. So it's looking like the wild card may be the only chance the Coyotes have at this point. They've certainly slipped. They have Darcy Kemper back um, in net, and uh, that's really not going to help them at, at this point. I mean, certainly you get some confidence going forward, but Ranta has arguably been the NHL's best goaltender in February, uh, so you're not going to get a whole lot better goaltending than that. Of course, now you get it more consistently because you have two guys, you can rest them, um, but at the end of the day, the Coyotes simply just are not scoring enough. Um, they're slightly uh, outscoring them their, themselves from a year ago, despite the additions of Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall, which is really a, an interesting conundrum the Coyotes are going to have to face, I think, in the offseason, and especially so if they don't make the playoffs. They're really going to have to look at themselves and say, why isn't this working? We went out, we made moves, we brought in guys who we thought were going to change the narrative and, and really change the results in terms of what the Coyotes were doing in goal scoring in the goal scoring department. They're going to have to take a good hard look at themselves and say, what did we do wrong? Did we not make the right moves? Or is there something fundamentally wrong with our approach here and, and, and the way we're trying to play the game? And I personally don't think that's the case. I mean, I know a lot of people, especially after a loss in this time of year and, and given the coaching climate, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, it's Rick Tockett, it's, it's the system. I think a, a big part of the big piece of the puzzle a lot of people are missing is that a lot of systems around the NHL are pretty much the same. Um, and at the end of the day, the problem I see with the Coyotes is is players not producing, players not executing, um, players not being consistent. Part of that may be the schedule. Guys are pretty worn down from um, what is pretty objectively the um, the most unfriendly schedule in the NHL that belongs to the Coyotes. And you know maybe that wears you down a lot. You don't get as much practice time, things of that nature. So I think that's that's a big factor that I think the Coyotes kind of have to consider when they're trying to I guess do a, a self-autopsy at the end of the season to see what went wrong but you know it's not over yet the Coyotes are certainly still in this thing um you know the teams around them could fall off they could go on long losing streaks the Coyotes could go on a big winning streak uh you know who can say what will happen you know there's a still a whole lot out there I went and I asked for your questions uh, on Twitter at Ari Morin underscore AZC I will answer all of those uh, here a little bit later on in the program but kind of catching you up to speed on what the Coyotes have, have been up to lately first of all. 
And the first thing I look at with the Coyotes is certainly the offense, and it's the goal scoring. I think Clayton Keller has has been much better as of late. I think Clayton Keller is sorry to maybe not take over games like he was his rookie year, but you can kind of see Clayton Keller um, taking charge and, and, and doing the things that uh, the old Clayton Keller would do, and that's certainly good to see. But there's still a, a lot of stuff from a lot of guys that um, you know, you're, you're, you're just not seeing uh, enough from a lot of these guys. I mean, I really I haven't seen a whole uh, a whole lot from from Nick Schmaltz as of late. I haven't seen a whole lot from Phil Kessel as of late. I haven't seen a whole lot from Oliver Ekman Larson as of late, and that's um, certainly uh, you're looking at him as a as a defenseman, and you want him to be a complete player. Um, I mean, the offense from Oliver Ekman Larson has been has been nothing, and it really, you know, you look at what you've got locked up. Oliver Ekman Larson, you've got under contract till 2027. Clay, Clayton Keller, you've got under contract till 2028. <clears throat> you need these guys to be producing year after year, and and right now they're just there's not a whole lot of uh, there's there's not a whole lot of of um, a fruit there on on that tree on either of those trees, and that's. That's one of those things the Coyotes are, again, going to have to look back and say, did we invest in the right players? Did we do the right things? And, you know, I know right now they probably still don't believe in themselves and, and, and think they did. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there are there are players here who are being um, compensated very well to produce, and, and they just certainly aren't. And that's not to say, oh, you're making too much money and, and you're not worth it. It's to say that, look, the Coyotes are, are a team that's, um, that's going to need to try to make this work. They don't have an elite center. Uh, clearly, they still don't have a bona fide scorer, as we've seen over the last few months. Uh, no player has been able to take over the game in that way or impact the game in that way consistently. And they're going to have to, if they really want to go for this thing, they're going to have to acquire somebody who can. And it's really hard to do that when you have huge contracts, such as Oliver Ekman Larson, such as um, Clayton Keller, and even um, the last couple of years of Phil Kessel, should they keep him beyond this year and not try to look for a trade, which I think is an avenue perhaps it would behoove them to explore. Um, but still, at the end of the day, you've got those two guys locked up. You've got Nick Schmaltz locked up. You know, I think Jacob Chikrin, you're happy. I mean, Jacob Chikrin and, and Christian Dvorak, you have to be extremely, extremely happy with their progression this season. I think you have them uh, locked up for a long time at a very, very fair rate. Um, so I think you're feeling very good about those two guys. But in terms of Oliver, Clayton, Nick, you're looking at those guys. Is that going to make it really hard for me to try and uh, re-sign Taylor Hall if he even wants to come back? Um, which I think would is is certainly far from um, far from a given. Should the team miss the playoffs for an eighth straight season, um, and if Taylor Hall is not an option, who else are you going to go after? Can you acquire a center like that on the free agent market or on the trade market? Probably not. Can you acquire a winger of Taylor Hall's stature on the trade market or free agent market? Probably not. He's probably your best option, um, but he might not want to come here if. Uh, he doesn't think you're serious about contending. Or, I mean, it's not even a matter of, like, I think the Coyotes are serious about contending. I just don't think they are serious contenders. Does that make sense? I think that would be the big um, the big thing in my eyes. So we're going to take a quick break here on uh, Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. When we come back, we're answering all of your listener questions right after this.
All right, and welcome back to Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Richard Morin here, uh, answering your listener questions again, guys. Uh, from time to time on these podcasts, I do throw out tweets at ramorin underscore azc and uh, asking for you guys to kind of contribute here and kind of start the conversation as it will because I want to be uh, I want to be sort of a uh, a sounding board for you guys in a way and, and kind of a, a way for you guys to work through some of the questions and concerns um, that you guys have. So I'm going to start with uh, start with some of your questions here. Pack to the playoffs asking, with playoffs looking quite questionable, which Coyotes that are free agents after this season uh, resign? I think Hall is probably a no, which is sad, but I'll guess I'll enjoy seeing him in a Yotes uniform for the rest of the year. Yeah, like I said, uh, I think before the break, you know, Taylor Hall, I think his candidacy as, as a free agent returning from the Coyotes is sort of contingent. I wouldn't say it's fully contingent on the Coyotes making the playoffs, but um, I, I do think it's a factor with Taylor Hall from every conversation that I personally had with him. It's uh, become abundantly clear that it is something that means a great deal to Taylor Hall. So I would say that making the playoffs gives you a better chance, but I wouldn't go as far to say if they miss the playoffs, it's impossible. That's probably the way I'd put it. Now, take a look at the other uh, Coyotes' uh, unrestricted free agents. That would be Carl Soderberg coming off the books at a $4.75 million cap hit. That would also be Brad Richardson coming off the book at a $1.25 million cap hit. Now, I think it's more likely than not that both of those guys are not coming back next year. I think Carl Soderberg's a little bit more likely. Um, I don't think he's going to get $4.75 million anywhere he goes. Um, Brad Richardson, he's played a lot better as of late, but there's been a lot missing in Brad's game for most of the season, and um, I, I don't think it's impossible he comes back, but I do think with Brad Richardson it's um, you know $1.25 million. He's probably not going to be making anything more than that uh, on the open market, so certainly possible. It's not like he's... He's pricing out, and I really don't think Carl Soderberg is pricing himself um, out of your budget either. But again, if you feel like you need some center depth, you have to factor in Barrett Hayton. You're going to want him to be a regular center next year. Uh, you're probably going to want you're probably going to want Christian Dvorak, Barrett Hayton, Derek Stepan, um, and Nick Schmaltz as, as maybe your four sentiment, or or maybe you want Schmaltz on the wing. You know, maybe you uh, go out and, and and acquire somebody else. So um, I think that's sort of the way the way I'd be looking at things right now. Uh, as it looks right now on defense, no unrestricted free agents. Ilya Labushkin is an RFA. Christian uh, Fisher is also an RFA. Uh, Vinny Hinnestroza as well. Um, my guess is all those guys come back in, in some capacity. But certainly I think the UFAs, um, not not the biggest names uh, on there, but uh, certainly I would expect um, I would expect uh, all those RFAs back and those UFAs. You know, it's really anybody's guess. Another one here from Johnny Clements. Does Tockett look at tweaking his system coming into next year in order to promote more offense with two solid number one goalies that can bail you out? It seems more logical to take more risks to create offense. I don't necessarily think the Coyotes are in a business to be taking more risks. They're a team, like I said, they lack a true playmaking center um, in terms of a number one elite type guy. They lack a true bona fide scorer. So do you really take risks like that when you're missing a guy like uh, a guy of that caliber? Um, I think no. I think the Coyotes are playing the right system for the way they're built because they haven't been able to draft one of those players, and that's really just is something that comes down to luck. Um, I would say with Tucson, yeah. I mean, I think I think they're playing the right way. I really do. Uh, and there's nothing there's nothing I think is fundamentally wrong with Taka's system as as many people you know want to um, 
want to sort of pin it on that that's that's really not the reality of the situation at least from my eyes the reality of the situation is there are players here uh, who are simply not executing and simply not doing things that they need to be doing um, you look at the teams there are teams that play uh, similar systems to the Coyotes and have success why because they go to the net uh, because they're uh, they take advantage of their opportunities uh, they're give and go and the coyotes are are like that but they don't have the finish uh, they don't have the finish like that they don't have the execution it's the execution that is lacking from the coyotes they have the pieces there they have the players who can do it they're just not doing it and to me you know maybe you could say that's a lack of a message getting through from coaching and leadership you know I, I think that's maybe a fair criticism but again it's not um, it's not something we know for sure, and I think that's an important um, that's an important piece to the puzzle. We're going to take another quick break here on Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And when we get back, we're going to be finishing up the rest of your listener questions. All right, welcome back here to Locked On Coyotes. Going to get right back into uh, into your uh, listener questions here. Gary Kern uh, giving his opinion on the Phil Kessel trade, saying who can the um, who can the Coyotes reasonably get in the offseason in wake of uh, the Kessel experiment and how it's gone so far. Uh, Gary, it's a good question. I think uh, I think your number one option is Taylor Hall, and you kind of have to make that your priority one. And if you miss out on Taylor Hall, then I'm not really sure what else is going to be out there. Uh, you know, I think we'll we'll wait for that market to develop. Um, but it's it's again, it's one of those uh, it's one of those situations that's fluid. And if Taylor Hall doesn't work out, I think uh, at that point we'll have a, a more clear view of, of kind of where things sit. One from Joe here uh, asking, uh, saying, not really, uh, not really a question, um, but he asks, uh, he wonders Alex Morello's thoughts right now seemed like a good team coming into the season he says that has gotten worse the more money that has been spent um and then of course of the draft uh, the uh, penalties for uh, the uh, pre-draft violations yeah i think that's all fair um i saw alex Merrill actually the other day of course it was after the tampa bay game so i'm not surprised he was smiling ear to ear that was certainly a good win for the coyotes and i'm not surprised that i saw alex Morello in good spirits um, so a little bit of recency bias from, I guess, my read on Alex Morello, who really doesn't have a ton of dealings with the media. I just happened to run into him uh, in the hallway and just ex- exchanged uh, pleasantries with him. But um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question to wonder about his um, his feeling right now, given the um, you know the alleged violations and of course um, you know the direction of the team certainly trending in the direction of a very disappointing season. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's fair to wonder what his thoughts are, but again, he doesn't really show his face to us a whole lot, so it's kind of hard to speculate. One from John Pletcher. 
I just don't know what to say anymore. He says it uh, should be completely justifiable that both uh, uh, John and, and Rick's job should be on the line. Should miss the playoffs in a week conference. You bring in Hall Kessel Housley, spend of the cap, and, and and barely improve. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I don't. I can tell you that uh, John Shike is not going anywhere. He uh, signed a, a multi-year extension, and certainly would be a massive shock to see anything happen with that. Uh, John Chuck has also said that Rick Tockett is not going anywhere. So um, I understand, you know, kind of your frustration where you're coming from. But I'm telling you that those two guys um, will almost certainly both be back next year, regardless of the outcome this season. But the part that I do sort of uh, understand from your comment, John, is the the confusion with you missed the playoffs in uh, a really wide open conference after bringing in. Phil Castle in the offseason, you bring in Taylor Hall in December. It is very confusing. It is very, very confusing, and uh, we're all trying to kind of wrap our heads around it and kind of try to figure out what went wrong here. And uh, it's not an easy one to wrap your head around. And that's really just that's really just what it is. It's a uh, it's a very confusing, um, very confusing situation. We're all kind of again, um, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure out exactly what happened here. Um, one of those one of those strange seasons where you you try to pin it on one thing and it's certainly not certainly seems like it's a myriad um of issues got another one here from trevor johnson in your opinion is the lack of goal scoring more of a player situation or a coaching issue um and if the coyotes miss the playoffs what types of changes do you think will be made uh those are both pretty good questions um i think it's a i think it's a it's pretty it's pretty fair to say call it a combination um i do think players um, are not executing. I'm seeing good hockey players not playing good hockey, uh, and that to me is 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 a big part of it. Uh, is that a coaching issue? It's hard to say, right? We're it's hard to measure the impact, right? That 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 a coach or a coaching staff has on the team. But I think it's fair to say, you know, you kind of both parties take a little bit of responsibility there. Um, if they miss the playoffs, what types of changes do I think will be made? Um, that's that's a really good question. I'm not really sure. I think the Coyotes will maybe look to to shop some guys in the off season, maybe some. Um, Maybe some veteran defensemen, maybe some veteran forwards with relatively high cap hits. Maybe they want to switch things up, gives them give themselves some freedom to you know make kind of a um, an interesting or an unorthodox trade or free agency play. Um, I could certainly see John Shaka doing that, trying to do something a little bit different, uh, get some get um, maybe some veteran contracts out and, and try to bring something in. But again, um, that's not exactly an easy thing to do. And what kind of player do you want to bring in uh, for John? It's got to be uh, it's got to be worth the acquisition cost, and it has to be better than the status quo and. You know, I think they don't like the results, but they like kind of their group right now. So it's kind of um, – it'll be an interesting kind of line to walk um, while they want to do that. So those were all your questions, I believe, coming in uh, at Morn underscore AZC on Twitter. I want to thank you guys um, so much for, uh, for, for tuning into those questions. Oh, I got one more here, actually, from my colleague Catherine uh fitzgerald here so let me let me let me throw her a bone here she wants to know if i like this candle she found it's a candle with a picture of a coyote on a street it says coyote and then on the bottom it says trickster slash messenger agent of chaos well it doesn't the coyotes have definitely not been agents of chaos this season i would say that's pretty fair trickster messenger the only message the Coyotes are sending is one of inconsistency. So if you're saying they're a messenger of inconsistency and they're tricking you into think that they're better than they are, perhaps, perhaps Catherine, you are onto something. So uh, that that wraps up our 
um, our listener segment question. We'll have another uh, podcast for you after the the Buffalo game on Saturday. And again, that's, this is one of those situations where the Coyotes schedule has done them no favors. And I did um, I did sort of an in depth look on kind of what the schedule looks like, why it was so unfriendly to the Coyotes. You can read that over at sports.azcentral.com. Uh, that story is going to come out on Wednesday. So um, I encourage you guys to look at that. You can learn a little bit more about um, just about the specific challenges that the, that the schedule has presented the Coyotes. So that's kind of where I'll send you to wrap things up here on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Uh, thanks again, guys, for, for coming in. We're available uh, anywhere you guys get your podcast, Stitcher, uh, Google, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, all those good things were, were everywhere. Um, you can feel free to, to stream and download our podcast. Of course, we're also at megaphone and sports.azcentral.com, guys. Until next time, see you guys later.